Welcome to Storehouse Dallas. I want to talk to you today about strengthening yourself in the Lord. Okay? Last week, we talked about focusing on that bigger picture that God has in his heart in the midst of all this crazy that we've seen go on over this past year. A little crazy, a lot of crazy going on in this past year, amen? But God's got a bigger picture. We talked about that God is gathering a harvest of souls across the nations. And secondly, he's maturing his bride before his son returns. And in order to do that, God's shaking everything that can be shaken, and he's waking up his sleeping church. So check out last week if you want to hear more on that. Um, But the events happening before our eyes, even in this coming week, it's be watchful, be prayerful. This is the pressure that is doing the shaking, that is doing the waking, awakening unto harvest and unto maturity of the bride. Amen? So today's message is going to be more about how to respond to this shaking and waking, how to strengthen yourself in the Lord in the midst of that. So let's turn your Bibles to 1 Samuel chapter 30, verse 3 to 6. 1 Samuel 30, 3 to 6. Um, You know, Bill Johnson has a message of this title and a book of this title. And then Mike Bickle, um, he's my favorite, y'all. I'm not going to lie. I just, I always think there's someone else, but I love Mike Bickle. He has a similar book of this title. And I mean, and they've really inspired me. So a lot of today's message is inspired by that. But my, I put my own spin on it and Included some things in here that I think the Lord has as a now word for us today. So 1 Samuel 30, um, at, at this point, David, as we know, has already received a promise from God. He's been shepherding for his entire life, and the most anointed prophet in the country comes to his doorstep and says, you're going to be the king of Israel, and anoints him at that moment. That's a pretty big promise, Amen. Wouldn't it be really cool if the most anointed prophet in America was at home this afternoon when you got there saying, hey, I'm about to anoint you for this great assignment from the Lord. I mean, that would be pretty cool. Um, But we're at the end of 1 Samuel, we've seen a lot of trouble happen before that promise was fulfilled. How many of you know that you receive a promise from God that doesn't mean that there's not going to be trouble ahead? The promise is what sustains you in the midst of the trouble. The promise is what allows you to carry your heart when the pressure heats up. Amen? Amen. So, David has been fleeing from Saul. He's got his about 600 men with him. He knew he was anointed. He had the calling on his life. And two chapters before stepping into this promise, David experiences a massive loss. Let's look at it. 1 Samuel chapter 3 or sorry, chapter 30, verse 3, says this. When David and his men came to the city, city of Ziklag, where they had been staying while they were fleeing from Saul, behold, it was burned with fire, and their wives and their sons and their daughters had been taken captive. That's bad news. Can we agree that that's bad news? You show up, you've got the promise of God, you go back to your hometown, and there's fire, your family has been taken captive, and everything that God has promised seems to not be happening in front of your eyes. That's what David's seeing right now. Let's look at verse 4. Then David and the people who were with him lifted their voices and wept. They wept until there was no strength in them to weep. 
So not only are they seeing this horrible circumstance before their eyes, it affects them deeply, such that they weep to the point where they had no strength to weep anymore. How many of you know that it's okay to weep when something bad happens to you? When you encounter trouble and there's loss and there's disappointment, that it's actually a healthy thing to weep. It's okay to pour out that lament and that emotion before the Lord. But also, how many of you know that it's not God's heart for you to stay there? It's not God's heart for you to be paralyzed for life by that grief and disappointment. Because weeping lasts for the night, but joy comes in the morning. Amen? But David is weeping. Verse 5. Now David's two wives had been taken captive. Ahinoam. The Jezreelitess and Abigail, the widow of Nabal the Carmelite. I'm guessing he talked to Abigail more just because her name was easier to pronounce. (laughs) Verse 6. Moreover, David was greatly distressed. That's a negative emotion again. He's been weeping. He's distressed. Why? Because the people spoke of stoning him. For all the people were embittered. Each one because his sons and his daughters. But David strengthened himself in the Lord his God. So there was a time that David was experiencing as he came and saw that the city was burned and sons and daughters were taken captive. There was a time of shock. There was a time of grief. There was a weeping till they had no strength. And not only that, all of David's mighty men that he had trusted, grown up with, been in battle with, have now turned against him in bitterness and said, David, this turmoil that's affected my life is your fault. So David's distressed. But he realized that even though there was weeping, even though there was distressed, he knew that he couldn't stay in that emotion. Not in this instance. Sometimes that weeping night is is more than a 24-hour period for some of us. Sometimes something happens and there's a healthy time to process that grief. But there are other times when a loss happens before our eyes and there's a weeping and there's a distress that's healthy, but then there's, there's, a, there's an action that's demanded. You don't have a week, a month, three years, ten years to keep grieving over this one thing. It's time to get in alignment with the Lord and say, God, what do I do in this moment? And that's what God is asking the church to do in America right now. Wake up, lift up your eyes, and ask me about this. David knew he needed to act. So what did he do? He strengthened himself in the Lord. And this is what we're going to talk about today. This is really important here. The body of Christ needs to know how to strengthen itself in the Lord. Because we're facing trouble, not only in this nation, but some of you have your personal troubles and, and things that you've encountered in your own life that have, have maybe been contrary to what you thought God had said or what God did say or what, what other people have confirmed in your life as a prophetic word from the Lord. And it's, it's wounded your heart. But I'm telling you, church, this nation, the church in America, we've got to get this strengthening ourselves in the Lord bit. Because it's not time to sit here and stay in this grief and this emotion forever. It's time to say, God, what do we do? 
when David strengthened himself in the Lord, he went into the presence of the Lord, heard a word from God, acted quickly, and retrieved everything he lost. There are those moments where it's time to act, and if we don't hear from God and act accordingly, that loss will remain. Like David, we must learn to strengthen ourselves in the Lord. How do we do that? We don't really see a whole lot right here in this passage on what it is that David did to strengthen himself in the Lord. But there is an entire book in the Bible that gives us some insight on how David strengthened himself in the Lord on a regular basis. Anyone know what that book of the Bible might be? The book of Psalms. Very good. There's 150 Psalms in your Bible, 73 of them David uh, authored. And I'm convinced that if the church is going to learn to strengthen herself in the Lord in this hour, she has got to give herself in a focused, consistent, dedicated way to the book of Psalms. This is the training ground on how to strengthen yourself in the Lord, church. God was putting this on my heart a few years ago, and so I've begun making this a part of my daily life in God. If you read one psalm a day, you'll go through this whole book twice in a year. And so I'm, I'm telling you that, that we've got to get in it, but it's not enough to just read it and say, I've read my psalm for the day. We've got to learn how to pray it. We've got to learn how to make these words our own. We, 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 and so when I do this, I, I, I get in them, I, I read the words as written, but then I personalize them. I attach it to my own situation, my own personal life, my own family, my own church, my own nation. And I craft my language in response to these Holy Spirit-inspired prayers that God has given us in this book. I say them, I sing them, I pray them. Let's talk about a few of these psalms. Some, Some are very joyful. Some of these worship songs are praising the Lord. They're, thank you, Lord. Bless the Lord, O oh my soul. All of these good things the Lord has done. Um, and they declare the good and awesome deeds of God. Others, you read, you read these psalms, and you can tell David's had a really bad day. Anyone in here ever had a really bad day? I mean, it's like a Ziklag type of moment in your life. There are psalms in this Bible that will help you release that prayer to the Lord and strengthen yourself in the Lord. Three things that David did in these Psalms so these, the, the, to strengthen himself in the Lord. Not only, I, and I believe he did it in this very moment that we just read in 1 Samuel 30, but this was a lifestyle that David did. And I want to I say this real quick here. Um, God, before this, his son returns, is rebuilding the tabernacle of David. The spirit of the tabernacle of David will rest on this church. And I mean the church global, the church across the nations, before the Lord returns. David had a revelation of worship, of prayer, and of thanksgiving that released the power of heaven into his government, into his life, into his world. And I'm telling you, church, when we give ourselves to the book of Psalms, that we give ourselves to strengthening ourselves in the Lord in this way. That spirit of the tabernacle of David will rest on us and it will sustain us in this trouble that's coming. Amen? Okay, three things David did to strengthen himself in the Lord his God. First of all, he poured out his lament to God, asking for help. 
Secondly, he confessed sin, asking for mercy. And finally, he gave thanks and praise to God, declaring who God is, what God had already done, and what God had promised to do in the future. So let's look at those one by one. It's not always in this order in every psalm. Sometimes it's a mix of all three. Sometimes psalms are just dedicated to one or two of these. Um, but these are the basic things that David did to strengthen himself in the Lord. Pouring out. Pouring out his lament. David poured out his lament. He told God about his difficult circumstance. In 1 Samuel 30, he's weeping aloud. He pours out his grief, his pain, his anger to the Lord. That's a healthy thing to do, church. He told God, here's what my enemies are doing. God, where are you? How long, O Lord? He gets real with God and he asks for help. Psalm 6, 1 to 4. I'm just going to read through a number of verses throughout the Psalms um, quickly. Um, so you can just write these down and look at them later. Psalm 6, 1 to 4. David says, O Lord, do not rebuke me in your anger, nor chasten me in your wrath. Be gracious to me, O Lord, for I am pining away. Heal me, O Lord, for my bones are dismayed, and my soul is greatly dismayed. But you, O Lord, how long? Return, O Lord, rescue my soul. Save me because of your loving kindness. He told God what was going on. He poured out that emotion and he asked God for help. You can take these very words and attach them to your own situation and it will strengthen your heart in the Lord. Jesus did this very thing. Hebrews chapter 5 verse 7, it says about Jesus, In the days of his flesh he offered up both prayers and supplications with loud crying and tears. This is Jesus, the Son of God, knows the word of the Lord has a promise over his life. His friends turn against him. He's nailed on a cross. I think that's a lot to cry about. It's a bad day. But there was a joy set before him. He, with loud crying and tears, to the one able to save him from death. And he was heard because of his piety. So pouring out this lament and asking God for help, it strengthens our innermost being. Why? Because we're, God hears us. He's comforting us in that moment. Even if we don't receive a response. For, for months, I just started pouring out tears and weeping before the Lord as he was doing deep healing work in my heart. And I didn't always receive a word from the Lord in that moment, but as I released it before the altar of the Lord, it, it's just like when Jesus was praying in Gethsemane, the angels came and strengthened him. God wants to strengthen you in that weeping in that morning. Next, confessing sin. So David not only poured out his lament and asked for help, he, he confessed sins and asked for mercy. Psalm 51, David has committed adultery with Bathsheba. He has sent her husband off into the front lines of war to be killed because he got her pregnant out of wedlock. And David says in Psalm 51, Be gracious to me, God, according to your faithfulness. According to the greatness of your compassion, wipe out my wrongdoings. Wash me thoroughly from my guilt and cleanse me from my sin. For I know my wrongdoings and my sin is constantly before me. Did you know that sometimes the trouble that we're facing is because of our own sin? It's because of our own disobedience. It's because God told us to do one thing and we didn't do it. Or we did something else. 
What do we do in that moment? We confess our sins to God. We do it out loud with your mouth and you take responsibility and own up to it like David said. Against you only have I sinned, O Lord. He's saying, God, you're the primary person I've offended in this offense. We confess our sins. We don't make excuses. We take ownership and responsibility. And we're honest with God. And we're honest with the people that we've sinned against. 1 John 1, 9, when we do this, when we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to cleanse us, to forgive us and cleanse us of all unrighteousness. Amen? Confessing sin and asking for mercy, it strengthens our inner man. It strengthens you in the Lord your God because it removes that weight of guilt and sin off of your shoulders and you have an encounter with the mercy of God. It will strengthen your innermost being. Finally, I got a few sub points on this one is thanksgiving and praise. David gave thanks and praise to God. Psalm 103 verse 1, bless the Lord, O my soul. He commanded his soul and all that is within me, bless his holy name. He's praising and giving thanks to God. And you know that he did this when he didn't feel like doing it? Psalm 42, 5, why are you in despair, O my soul? So he's been honest about his emotion, but then he speaks to his soul. Why have you become disturbed within me? Hope in God, for I shall again praise him for the help of his presence. Did you know that you can command your soul to do something that it doesn't feel like doing? You might feel that disturbance. You might feel that dismay. You might feel that grief and that hopelessness, but you can speak to your soul. Why are you in despair? Why are you disturbed? Hope in God. For I will again praise him for the help of his presence. And you can lift your soul out of that pit of despair and focus it right back on the face of Jesus. David gave thanks and praise to God. He gave thanks and praise to God for three things. First of all, he gave thanks and praise to God for who he is. Psalm 103, verse 8, the Lord is compassionate and gracious, slow to anger and abounding in loving kindness. How many of us need to hear that like every day of our lives? That we need to remind ourselves of the goodness of the Lord, of the faithfulness of God, of the mercy of God, that I can come boldly before him, that even if I have sinned, even if I have made a mistake before him, that he is faithful and just to cleanse me of all unrighteousness, that he's a God of mercy. That he's slow to anger. Psalm 93 verse 1. The Lord reigns. He's clothed with majesty. The Lord is clothed and girded himself with strength. Indeed, the world is firmly established. It will not be moved. Things are shaking in the earth. But I tell you, God is not moved. God is upon his throne. He reigns over the nations. He sits on that throne of Revelation chapter 4. He sits above the storm, and I tell you, his heart is at rest. We focus on the Lord our God. It, it, it lifts us out of just the situation in front of our eyes, and it puts our focus back on God. It strengthens our inner man. So we've poured out our lament. We've confessed our sins to God. but We've got to focus on him and declare who he is. Amen? Yes. Amen. David gave thanks and praise to God for what God had already done in the past. 
He built a history with God. Psalm 40, verse 9 to 10. He says, I have proclaimed glad tidings of righteousness in the great congregation. Behold, I will not restrain my lips, O Lord. I have not hidden your righteousness within my heart. I've spoken of your faithfulness and salvation. I have not concealed your loving kindness and truth in the great congregation. So he is ex- he's built this history in God of God, you broke through, you delivered me, you healed me, you freed me from my enemies. All of these things he's reminding himself, but he's also declaring it in the great congregation. When we testify of the works of God, it creates faith in the room for that same breakthrough. A spirit of breakthrough comes in the room when you publicly testify that God has been good and he has broken through in your life. You know, every time my wife and I have have a major financial transition or need, we start out loud declaring the financial breakthroughs that God has done for us in the past. God, I thank you that when I was about to get married, I was making no money. (laughs) Like none. (laughs) And God, you brought in a job like right before I got married. People just started blessing us. So the week before our wedding, I got a check for $500 from someone I hardly know. That same afternoon, I got another check for $1,000 for someone I didn't know. So I got a job. I got money that I was working for, but I got free money out of this too. And I was not expecting, I'm just, my wife and I are just weeping up here on stage. God provided a job for us. God provided, my wife was transitioning out of jobs and, and she didn't know what the next step was. And just at the right time, he brought in another job. We needed a transition again a few months later. And God not only brought a, another job to her, he brought a better job with a $14,000 a year increase and health benefits. <laughs> How many of you need a breakthrough? I need a breakthrough. <laughs> there is breakthrough in the room. There is a God of breakthrough in this room who will come and fill you with faith and he will do for you what he did for me. Most recently, I want to share this testimony too. Um, This past May, my wife and I, we sowed a a seed as a first fruits offering from the year. On the Jewish calendar, it's it's the feast of first fruits around that time. And so we just really wanted to pray into it and say, God, how can we sow a financial seed and really believe you for what we need in this season? And it was shortly, it was just around that time, about a couple months prior, that we found out we were pregnant, um, having a baby. How many of you know you need more money when, a, when another human comes in your house? <laughs> I mean, I never, I knew that like diapers and wipes were like a big thing, but I, was, I never knew how many wipes we would go through in one day. I was like, <laughs> um, but bless God, he, he, he makes a way. Um, but so, um, and I, I, I don't know how many of you know this, but um, like the week that we found out we were pregnant, um, in, in March, I guess it was, um, the week we found out we were pregnant, my wife fainted, fell up against a metal door frame, cracked her nose, and, and passed out. Um, bl- blood was like gushing down her nose in, at, a, at a restaurant. And I mean, I, mean, I, I freaked out. I had distress. I 
disturbance. We had an ambulance there, and I was just like calling Aaron Richardson on the phone, like, what do I do right now, you know? And so we rushed to the hospital. Um, the Eckers come, the, the Becks come, and they just pray with us and comfort us. Um, and so praise God that, that um, um, our little, you know, dot of a baby at that time, um, from what we could tell, was fine. Um, and so we're, we're really grateful for that. But then about a month later, $5,000 bill comes in our, in our mail. Like, Lord. Um, and we hadn't paid for anything for, for the baby yet, like as far as the actual pregnancy, birth, things like that. And so we're just like, Lord, we need a breakthrough. And we knew that we, were, we went to a birthing center and we were doing a prepaid um, bill. And so it was about $6,000. And so praise God that we had money in the bank for that, but it was just like, God, that was a, that's ten, eleven thousand dollars $11,000, you know, <laughs> here we've got to, uh, um, uh, we need this. And so we sowed a seed, we sowed a seed for $1,000 last May, May 29th, 2020, we sowed a seed as a first fruits offering, and we said, God, you are going to take care of us. You open your hand and you satisfy the desire of every living thing. You've taken care of us in every season of transition in our lives. How much more are you going to take care of us with this baby? We submitted all these financial bills. And Aisha, she had insurance, but we got like nothing from it. It didn't meet the deductible, so we had zero, zero money back from that. Um, um, but we, we also had a Christian health care ministries. And so we submitted all those bills. We'd, we'd had it for a long time, but never submitted a bill before. We submitted everything. They covered all of the emergency room bills, 100%. And they covered all but the $500 from that prepaid birthing center expenses. And so all of that came rolling back into our bank. We sowed a $1,000 seed, and we reaped an $11,000 harvest. Come on, Jesus. He can multiply tenfold. He can multiply thirtyfold, sixtyfold, a hundredfold. You sow a seed, and you sow it in faith, and you say, God, you are faithful. And he is faithful. Amen? Amen. Okay. Next part, final part. He thanked and praised God for what he had promised. You know, we went about four months between the sowing and the reaping. Any farmer knows that there is time between sowing and reaping. And we got to thank God for what he said in his word. David strengthens himself in the Lord his God by declaring what God had promised to do. Psalm 31, verse 3 to 4. He said, for you are my rock and my fortress. For your name's sake, you will lead me and guide me. I don't have the answer right now, God, but you will lead me and guide me. You will pull me out of the net which they have secretly laid for me, for you are my strength. David is in the net. He's in the trap. Doesn't know what to do, but he strengthens himself in the Lord his God by saying, Lord, you're going to lead me, you're going to guide me, and you're going to cut me out of this because you are my strength. Can we do that, church? Can we praise God for what we will do before we see it with our eyes? He knows, David knew who God was, what he did, and it gave him confidence to declare what he would do, what he promised to do. When we focus on this promise of God, our souls can rise up in hope. Hope in the Lord. We've got promises from his word. Book of Psalms is chock full of them. What are the promises of God in my life? Read a psalm a day. Pray a psalm a day. 
Get these in your mouth and you will have the promises of God declared over your life on a daily basis. And what God has promised you prophetically. Some of you received a prophetic word today. There's a time of sowing the seed of the word and of reaping it. Of seeing the promise and of experiencing the fulfillment. We've got to strengthen ourselves in the Lord. Last thing I want to emphasize today and then we'll pray. I'm going to read from 1 Samuel 30, verse 7 through 9, because there's a few important things that David did after strengthening himself in the Lord that we as a church, we've got to get this. 1 Samuel 30, verse 7. It says, Then David said to Abiathar the priest, the son of Ahimelech, Please bring me the ephod. So Abiathar brought the ephod to David. David inquired of the Lord very important, saying, shall I pursue this band, these Amalekites that took our wives and kids? Shall I overtake them? And God said to him, pursue. For you, you will overtake them and you will surely rescue all. So David went, he and the 600 men who were with him. So David did three things after strengthening himself. He strengthened himself and he rose up and he put on the ephod. What is an ephod? An ephod is the garment of a priest. You see, David was a king. He actually wasn't allowed to wear the ephod. But he tapped into something prophetically that God would do and that God would fulfill through his son, Jesus Christ. And it's a changing of the nature of the priesthood. Where it's not only the full-time people in the house of prayer. It's not only the full-time pastors and ministers that are priests unto the Lord. But it's the kings of the earth. It's the marketplace kings. It's the government kings. It's the family and education kings. God has put you in a place in this earth. He's put a mountain in front of you. And he said, take it. Take that mountain in the name of the Lord. But if you're going to take that mountain, you've got to be a priest unto the Lord. You've got to come into the presence as not only a king, not only as a marketplace leader, not only as an educator or a full-time stay-at-home mom or dad. You've got to come as a priest unto the Lord and say, God, I'm going to worship you and stand in your presence, and I'm going to hear your voice. And the next thing he did, he inquired of the Lord. God, I know the situation in front of me. It demands some action. I need your guidance. What do I do? Do I go pursue these people? And in that place of the ephod, of the, of the garment of priesthood, of ministering to the Lord in worship and prayer and thanksgiving, God spoke. See, some people are waiting for God to speak, but I tell you, he speaks when you put on that ephod. When you come into the presence of the Lord and you pour out your heart of thanksgiving and praise, you pour out your need to him and you ask him a specific question and the spirit of revelation opens up your ears and God speaks and he said to David, pursue, go up, you're going to take him out and you're going to recover everything you just lost. And then finally, David, he went. He quickly obeyed the word of the Lord. You see, when God speaks, you have to obey him. You've got to get up. You've got the ephod on, but you've got to come up out of that place of prayer, and you've got to go take that mountain that God put in front of you. You've got to go declare what God's told you to declare, and you've got to go do what God's told you to do, and you've got to do it quickly, and God will lead us into victory. Amen? Let's stand.
How many of you were strengthened and encouraged today? Okay? Okay. We've got to strengthen ourselves in the Lord, church. I tell you, if we're waiting for everything in the nation and in our lives to just completely be peaceful and quiet and nothing bad to happen, it's a pipe dream, friends. Tracy delivered a word. We've got to be watchful and prayerful this week. Not look at just what we're seeing with our eyes. Let's look at the Lord. Let's strengthen ourselves in the Lord. If you have experienced loss, if you have experienced defeat, if you have been in fear, it's time to refocus today. Strengthen yourself in the Lord your God. And I want to say this prophetically to you in this room, to you online, and to the church in America. It's time to take up the ephod. It's time to step into your identity, church, as a house of prayer. The spirit of the tabernacle of David will rest on the end time church. And it is through that ministry to the Lord, not only privately in your prayer closet, but coming to the house of prayer, coming into the presence of the Lord and putting on that garment of priesthood, putting on that identity of who you are as a minister to the Lord, no matter what sphere God's called you to. And he will open up that place of hearing to you. So I want to pray that over the church, and I want to just for that, that identity of a house of prayer and of a priesthood unto the Lord, and that God would speak to us now. So Lord, we pray. We thank you for your church in America. That means us in this room. We thank you, God, that you have called us to be kings and priests to our God forever. And Lord, we ask for your wisdom and your strength on how to strengthen ourselves in the Lord our God. We set our eyes on you right now, Father. I pray for those who need to pour out a heart of weeping today. I pray that the spirit of grace and supplication would come upon them. That all the weeping and groaning and disappointment would come out in a healthy, godly way in the name of Jesus. I pray where there is a need for confession of sin, that a spirit of conviction and the fear of God would fall on us. And I pray for a grace to lift our eyes to the hills, to look at the mountain, to look at the face of God and to see him take care of the situation in front of us. If any of those are you um, right now, I want to go ahead and invite you forward. There's, there's a, there, maybe there's a need for a weeping, a lament. I want to invite you to the altar right now to come pray. You can just come on up. If there's, some, if there's some sin you need to confess, I want to invite you to come up right now. If you've been in that place and you, you just you said, I've got to refocus on the Lord right now. I need to thank God. It's time to come up out of this weeping and thank God. If any of those are you, I want to invite you to just come up. I'm going to go ahead and invite our altar team just to come on forward. They're just going to kind of come around and, and pray for you folks as well. Altar team, you can come on up and you just lay hands on people. Let them, they, 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 they may need some time with the Lord. So just ask the Holy Spirit on to lead you in ministering to them right now. But um, you can just 
kind of walk around and lay hands on people. God, release grace right now over these folks that have come to the altar. Release grace over them, Lord. For those that need to pour out, help them pour out. If you're, if you're standing out here, I just want you to extend your hands to those up front. God, help them. Help them pour out. Pour out a spirit of grace and supplication right now. Help them communicate that need and that distress to you. 